This is the MIBTOnline.com podcast featuring recordings from our weekly and monthly live streaming meetings. To see the videos discussed in the podcast and be part of the discussion, please consider joining our association at MIBTOnline.com. Now, here's the show. Kiefer, MIBTOnline.com. Welcome here Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central. We're back. Like we said, we're going to keep doing this from now until... I don't know. You fill in the you fill in the blank. You might know better than I do. I don't think we have any more different news than last week. Some once again, some states play, some states don't. So we're just going to keep going. We're going to keep talking football and hopefully uh, make us all better whenever we do go, you know, out to officiate whenever that may be. So I want to welcome you here. Like I said, I'm Tim Kiefer, mybtonline.com. So we're going to go through our meeting tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, one of the things that we sent out on our reminder email today was about the chat room. We've been having some issues with the chat, but our awesome technician who runs the board, you know him, you love him, Alex over there. I'm going to turn it over to Alex. We are, we're going to have the text now. Alex, right? That's correct. Uh, yes. So we have a temporary page where the chat actually works. So if you go to your live training, which you're watching right now, there should be a link a hyperlink at the bottom that says click this temporary link to use the chat and then once when you click on it it will take you to a different page still has the live training on it and then towards the bottom you're going to see the chat box there is a slot where you can enter your name and from there you can chat away so i'm sorry for the inconvenience and for the long-awaited chat room but this will do for now yeah, Alex has been really working on this, and there's been some, you know, the, the electrons of the internet have kind of gone wacky. So uh, we're trying to, we've been trying to figure that out for a couple weeks. Um, today, later on, we're going to have the call-in line. I tested it five times today, so we just got to make sure we got internet. I think it'll be good. I think this time it, it will work. We'll go to the call-in line later, and I'll give you all the instructions there. So let's run to our meeting here real quick. So obviously, it's our our weekly meeting, crazy kickoff recap, holding mania. So a couple things to go through. Uh, we're gonna have our announcements. We'll talk about the crazy kickoff one last time because there's a couple things that came up with it. Uh, how many holds? We're gonna go to that, the play of the week from last week. Um, starting a new thing, rule spotlight of the week. We're gonna highlight maybe a little, you know, different area of the rule book or a specific rule that maybe we don't think about all the time. Have a little discussion about it right out of the rule book. I decided this might be something cool to do uh, since we have the time, but we're going to do that, and then we're going to go to the play of the week for this week, and then hopefully we'll open up the, the phone lines for your input, and you know, you, we, anything on what we talk about, talk about whatever you want, we'll just kind of open it up. We're also going to have a bonus play in here, a college play that I want to throw out one of our one of our uh, members, Bernie, wanted some, had a question about it. So we're going to, we'll get to that as well. So real quick, I just brought up our announcements. I talk them every week. The podcast, a lot of people are starting to, the podcast will not be available till tomorrow, but the podcast is there. Um, if you want to listen to it in your car, uh, the Facebook page, the Twitter page, the YouTube page, we hit uh, on our YouTube page, we just hit 900 subscribers. So I appreciate everybody getting the word out there. Let's get to 1,000. We only need 100 more to get to 1,000. So that way people can do that. So please share this with your fellow officials. 
I mean, I know everybody who's watching right now who's members, I'm sure they follow all this stuff, but for people who aren't members, let them know because they can get some, some free content and maybe they'll, they'll join us in our association. So help us out with that. Make sure you like all those videos. Um, all right, so the crazy kickoff one last time. And we have to talk about two more blocks. And I want to thank, thank James Elliott and then we've got Stan Brown. We've got the um, stands with us and we'll go, we'll go to the panel here in just a second. But I want to thank both the two of them because there were two more blocks that we didn't talk about and we spent the whole week going over this. We spent the whole meeting and we kind of broke it up through the entire week. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I do want to talk about these two blocks. So before I do that, though, let's bring in the panel real quick. Uh, we, have the, we have Stan Brown. We mentioned Stan is here. So Stan is, was sporting his electronic whistle and his mask. Stan, how are you doing today? Uh, Tim, we're good. I have got the new after COVID haircut. It's been since February, so hopefully it'll stay under my hat Friday night because we kick off Friday night right here in Alabama, and uh, we're ready to go. Yeah, well, lucky you, or not lucky you. You'll have to let me know in a couple of weeks. Let's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's bring in Mike Billica. Mike, it was interesting, right at the last, at the end of the last broadcast, you uh, said, hey, breaking news, they've changed. Have they gone back? Where are you at now? Uh, we still haven't gotten an official word. All the other states around us have postponed to the winter time or to spring, but uh, Connecticut is still waffling, I guess is the best way to describe it. We're not starting before the end of September, but that's all we know. Well, you, you're still you're you're still on you know on the uh, in the bullpen, I guess, so to speak, or on the yeah. index, and you got your electronic whistle. How about it? <laughs> and then we bring in Bill Lamagne. Bill is uh, you know, he's with us all the time. Uh, Bill Lamagne's best practices video. Bill, how are you doing today? Life's good. Got word from ESPN about uh, remote broadcasting right from where I'm sitting. Oh, so wow. that's where we'll be, if, if assuming there's games, this is where I'll do my work from. Nice. Nice. And you practiced. And thanks to MIBT online. You're getting some practice. How about it? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right. So, and we got Robert Yabara in studio again, six feet away. And his little, let's say hi to Robert. He's over there. Robert, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm so excited for a number of reasons. One, the chat box is working. So thank you for those that are commenting already. That's number one. Number two, it's nice to see Stan groomed for Friday Night Lights. And I hope he sold those hair locks and made a donation towards a fundraiser. And then finally, wouldn't it be great if Bill put MIBTonline.com behind his banner when he's on ESPN, man, that's great marketing opportunity. Oh man, Bill, we, we need to get you. We need to get you some swag to put behind you. That that would that would be nice. I see because I saw on the last shot, you or you've got the ESPN uh, college football plaque there. We just got to get you like an MIBT plaque. Wouldn't wouldn't that be nice? You know, you, I was told once you can do anything you want on your last day. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, good. I'll see if I can get away with the shirt. There you go. Good point. <laughs> good point. All right. So let's go back to our, our play. We're gonna go. We're gonna go wide on this. And like I said, we're not gonna spend a ton of time on it. But I want to thank uh, uh, those guys for pointing this out. So here's the full kickoff play. We're gonna. I'm gonna go right to those blocks. I'm gonna let it run out. But we're gonna go go to the other blocks that we didn't talk about uh, initially. And so you know we th we got that takedown. Now it's gonna be backside. You're going to see it you're going to see it up here and I'll I'll point it out here in a second. 
It's, it's coming to you right here. We didn't talk about this block. Now it's, it's a complete backside block and it, it, it's definitely not a factor in the block or in the play itself. But we'll go back and so you can see how the whole thing was set up. There's that block. There's that kind of takedown one more time. I'll point it out to you. It's almost like a wrestling move. You know, here we go. Right here, out of the play, nothing going on, kind of watching. And then, well, bam, taken down. And that one was not flagged. So that was another block that was, that was another block that was there. Um, you know, we got asked about this. And Stan, I'm going to go to you first. You saw that block, Stan. Stan, is that something you want to call? Is, is it, it a hold? Is it a UNR? Is it just a talk to? What do you think? Yeah, it's that's a toughie. I mean, I I I am I don't like to see cheap shots, and um, it's hard to tell from the video really how quote egregious this was. You know, if it was if it was more like a hold, uh, I think it's a talk to because it has no bearing. There's no advantage gain there. Um, if he really took a whack at him uh, with a lot of force, you know you got to set a tone and, and we don't want, we just don't want cheap shots. And so you could have a, you know, you could have an unnecessary roughness there and uh, it could very well be warranted that way. Okay. Bill, another block, you know, this has been a crazy block. This, but this play is crazy. How much stuff goes on on a kickoff. I mean, we keep, there's even another one after this that we found or that Stan and, and James found. You see a takedown like that. I mean, it almost looked like a pile drive almost. I mean, do you agree with Stan? I mean, is this a talk to you? Should, should we get this? Uh, you know, when there, there seems to be a changing philosophy about takedowns, but I'm, I'm a believer in that when you're out in the open field and you have a takedown that everybody sees, if it's not called, how do you convince anybody this grab and restrict up the middle and the first, next play from scrimmage is a hold? When it is, you're the only one that saw it. But you didn't call the, the big takedown out in the, on the open field. So I, I've been a proponent of if, if it's a takedown, open field, everybody sees it, put the flag down. Okay, so we'll go back to the play real quick. From a mechanics standpoint, this is a backside block, so go wide on the play. You know, we've got up here, you can just kind of see his feet there, but we've got our – it doesn't matter if you're, if you're working seven – or if you're working five, this is the person who's going to be there. You're going to have an official there. So I think this official's got to pick up this block here because this is total backside. What else is he looking at in this play? So I, I would like that official to pick that up and at least rule on it and decide, you know, which, which, way, we're going to, which way we're going to go on that. Um, all right, so let's go. We'll go wide on it. Let's go back to the, uh, let's go back to the block here. Now the next block, we talked about who should see this that other block. Now let's go to the other one that was discussed. So it's, it's going to happen over here. Okay. So it's another backside block. And there was some discussion about whether or not that contact right there is an illegal blindside block or unnecessary. Like I said, it's going to be backside here behind the, you know, that's the ball carrier that I've just circled, but you're going to see it come behind the ball carrier. Here comes that, here comes that block again. You'll see it right now. Boom. You see that contact there. 
So that was the second block that we didn't talk about. Robert, you said you got some comments out there. Robert, you see a block like that. Are you, are you going with this as a, an illegal blindside block, unnecessary roughness? Where, where are you going there? Yeah, just a philosophy of uh, we want those, those contact plays out of our game. Uh, the, the first one you showed was a cheap shot. We need to get it. And, uh, and, and we let that player know that, that that's an illegal play. So both of the viewers are saying illegal block in both instances, Tim. Okay, illegal block in both instances. Uh, Mike Billica, you, know, you saw the first one. You see that block there at the, at the end there, you know, that kind of behind it. Might have been a blindside block. I mean, mm-hmm. is that one we got to get? Yeah, that last one was a blindside block, no doubt about it. Guy didn't see him coming, knocked him right out of bounds. Um, you know, it's not a block in the back. That's a 15. So we, it's funny because we didn't even talk about that and all the other crap that was going on in this play. And if that's how much, mm-hmm. you know, kickoffs can, can, can kind of throw us, you know, in this or spread out lots of stuff going on. So going back, let's go back to the play because I want to I talk about who sees this. So, I mean, you've got, you've got a, a, an L coming up here, a line of scrimmage official or headlines, or you've got so, you have an official on this side. It doesn't matter what mechanics. In this one, you've got an official because they have seven. So I don't know if this official, he might be straight line with, the, with a ball carrier coming at them, and I don't know if they want to be stationary, but there should be an official looking at this from behind to pick up that contact and, and a rule on it. And I think that was one we, we might have missed on this play as well. As you can see, it's just, it's just kind of a cheap shot, and it, it was unnecessary. So that play was a crazy, crazy, crazy play, and it's, uh, we're done with that play. Okay? <laughs> so, I mean, how many things? I mean, Robert, how many, how many things in that play? Boy, I, I think we discussed seven of them, and uh, who knows, next week we may find two more, but uh, seven <laughs> to date. It's like, the, uh, it's like the movie that you watch again and again, and you see new jokes, like the movie Airplane. I think you can watch it, like it's 40 years old, you can still watch it and find a new joke. You probably go back to that play and find a new illegal block. So I'm glad we talked about it. I'm sure we'll talk about kickoffs more and how to make sure we get those, and, and we're done. We're done with that play for now. Thank you for everybody who participated. I appreciate uh, Stan and James also pointing out those, those other blocks that we didn't discuss because they were important. So now let's go to the play of the week for this week. It was how many potential holds? That was it. Now we're going to talk about the word potential here in a minute, but I'll give you the results. So zero blocks, zero potential holds, 8%. One block, potential hold, 8%. And then two or more came in at 84 all right, so here's some of the uh, here's some of the comments from uh, from out there in Twitterland. Larry uh, Newberry, keyword potential. Larry, great point. Potential. I didn't say holds. I said potential holds, and the reason that's important because we have to see all engagements. Something may be a hold. Something may not be a hold. So the potential is there when you have contact. So yeah, there's more than two potential holds, but were there two actual holds or Whatnot. So I appreciate Larry for pointing that out because it's true. As officials, we need to see all engagements. Ronnie from uh, Mississippi, proper flag placement because he saw a foul and he he wanted to, he talked about making sure you get your flag right. Dan Capron, former Big Ten referee, uh, national championship referee, says let them play. That was the Big Ten philosophy, right, Bill? Bill, the Big Ten philosophy was uh, was let them play, right? 
about it. That's uh, Dan took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, there were obviously engagements we needed to rule on, but uh, I I said no foul, no foul, no foul. So. Uh, all right, well there you go. That's you guys. I'm glad you know your former uh, your former <laughs> colleague, uh, Glenn Ness, two or more. Uh, Elias, uh, John Bosco, and others commented. We appreciate your comments. Uh, we had some email comments as, mu- as well. Mike Bloomberg, uh, potential hold at the 38-yard line. Okay. Uh, Chris, two or more. Mike, four potential holds. Ron, one for sure. So we appreciate everybody who commented. And this week, the winner of the random drawing comments is going to be... Uh, we're going to go give it to uh, Mr. Elliott and Mr. Stan Brown. Stan already got a shirt, so uh, Stan already got it, but we're going to give, uh, we're going to send uh, Mr. Elliott, James Elliott, because he pointed that out on the first one. So he's going to get a MIBT, uh, uh, MIBT Media t-shirt, and he's going to get a 2019 Bill of Money's Best Practices. So keep sending them in, because we're doing these random giveaways, and if you, if you do participate, you're eligible. So thank you for everybody who did participate. So now... As they said, let's, uh, let's go to the play. Why don't we pull that up? And, and, and Bill already kind of started talking a little bit about what he, uh, what he thinks on this one. Let me, uh, I want to get it up so it can, we can draw on it. So here we go. So give me a second. We wanted, all right. All right, so here we go. We're going we're gonna to go to the play now. So let's go wide on the play. And you're going to see, the, the thing I like to do first is we always want to talk about keys and priorities. So we know well, it doesn't matter what play we talk about now and go through, we're going to start there. We're going to start with the basics. So that way we're all, we, we should do this on every play. So that way we don't take things for granted. We understand where we're at and it will give us that better game awareness and that better field awareness. So going back to the play, you can see it's second down. I don't know if you can see that. It's second down. It looks like the line of, uh, looks like the, um, line of scrimmage is the 50. Now our line to gain, that's the, this is the inter, interesting one. It looks to be like the 43 and a half because look where this back stake is right here. It looks like we're right in the middle of a great, this field is marked awesome and we're starting in the middle. Bill, why do we keep talking about this? Why, why is this such a big deal for officials across the country, even at the high school level, to kind of get that, that philosophy, that concept of starting on a line. Why do you think, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Why do you think that is? Uh, some people just don't want to buy into it, you know, I, I guess. Um, but, you know, whenever you get an opportunity to start, start on a line, you can minimize the number of potential measurements you have. You're doing it for both teams. Don't do it in the red zone. Play it, play it straight up in the red zone. But, you know, if you go back and you look, you think you're really, really good with your spots and that I can put it right here at the 10 and a quarter or the 22 and a half, you go back and look and find out that ball wasn't at the 22 and a half. So so put it at that nearest yard line for a new first down and move on with life. You know, you're making life simpler for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of where, where we're at on that. I mean, we want to make – it's simple. And like you said, we've said it before, for the stat man, for us as officials, for everybody, it's really easy. It's a big, it's a big line or it's a, it's a main line. We know where we're going. So especially on a field that's marked like this. I mean, grass fields, but you can still do it on a grass field too. So, all right, we've got this, this place set up. We know what our down and distance is. We know where we're going. 
So looking at the play, going back wide on it, if we're going to look at our keys and priorities, which we should do, we see we've got uh, strength to the headlinesman's side. Strength is to the top of the screen because we've got a receiver here, a receiver here, and we even, we, even, we even have a back here, if you want to call it that way, and we've got two over here. So it, you, could say it's to the, you could say it's to the headlinesman's side, or if you want to go because of uh, it's a balanced formation, if we're not counting the back, we could say that the, the strength is to the line judge's side. It really doesn't matter. And I'm going to ask Robert if he can, he's going to look at this formation. He's the back judge. Robert, even if you were going to go strength to the line judge's side, or even if, why does it not matter when, uh, where the strength is on this particular play in regards to your key and priority? Yeah, thank you, Tim. Very quickly, because there's no competitive matchups right now. No, there's, there's no one pressing. So let's play ball, baby. <laughs> exactly. If you, if you see this, don't flip out. Oh, who's my receiver? It doesn't matter. We're going to go to zone like that because there are no competitive matchups. There's nobody who's lined up on anybody. So even if, you know, going back to the play, even if the back judge has to come all the way across to this guy in the end, depending on what mechanics you're using, or if you're using some other, you know, different, some more basic mechanics where you just take the inside receivers it doesn't matter there's nobody there's nobody up on them so pretty simple we're going to go to zone right away as soon as the ball is snapped we're going to zone so now let's we'll go to the play and you'll see when when we run this you're going to now look at the linemen so initially the linemen some of them tend to fire up or fire look like they might be in a pass block technique but if you look at the right tackle the right tackle over here He's firing out. So if you key that lineman, you're going to know that this is most likely a run play. Because as we follow it here, you're going to see what happens. You're going to see that, that right tackle continue downfield and block. So if you're a back judge, if you're, if you're a line of scrimmage official, you know that that's a run based off of that action. Because if it's not, you're, definitely, you're, going, to have, you're going to have a player downfield. So Reading those linemen are going to help you. Sometimes they, they'll trick you because they're trying to trick the defense too, but they're a real good place to start. So I want to go back real quick to the line of scrimmage before the snap, and I want to talk about the umpire. We look at the umpire here. He's, uh, you know, he's, in, he's 10 yards off the ball. Now, mechanics usually say 3 to 7. That's where we want to go. Not necessarily... 10 yards. Now, I'm going to go to Stan on this one because I think Stan umpired once in his day. Stan, are you, I mean, 10 yards off. We, I understand we're, we're concerned about our safety, but being that far back, I, I don't I think we're kind of in, we're, we're an ump judge now. Yeah, our, um, our mechanics here in Alabama had us, uh, especially when I was umpiring, was five to eight yards and eight at the max and that's really only if you have to sort of get away from the linebackers so that you're not in there in their way but um i was i was always that that six six to seven was was where i felt like we needed to be so i just think that this guy he's kind of far back and so going back to the play now so now we we know it's a run we know it's a run and now we can see that we've got a receiver up here at the top, who's running a fly pattern? Receivers running a fly pattern. Okay, so but it doesn't matter if the run's going if it's a run, and you can see the handoff that's going the other way. A back judge should be able to pick up on this. Now they may be peeking over here for any type of 
of you know illegal action in regards to like UNR or stuff like that. But ultimately, that's not going to be something they're going to worry about. Your headlinesman might be peeking at that too, only be just to keep an eye on that field awareness since the play is going away now. So our first, our first potential engagement, I mean, you could say the all alignment, but really the first point of attack engagement comes about right there. And it's the left tackle and the defensive end. And they're, they're playing, you know, a little patty cake. And now, right there you can see the, the running back is going to his left. And it looks like we've got a little bit of a grab there. And maybe the, uh, the, the tackle is getting outside the frame as we walk it through. And he kind of grabs and then lets him go. So we're going to talk about that block first. Because, you know, feet... Feet play a big part in this. If the defense, if the offense is, is beat by their feet, a lot of times they'll grab. But we also want to make sure we have a category to put the hold into. Is it a grab and restrict, jersey pull, takedown, point of attack? All those things that are important in determining a hold. Now, when I did it in slow motion, if you look at this in slow motion, yeah, you know, you know, frame by frame, you can see the pull and you can see that he definitely did have a, a hold of the jersey. But now, if you watch it in real time, I'll let it go in real time and not, not stop it, it's like real quick, boom, and he lets go. So I don't know if that's enough. The jersey, I mean, how far do you want to see him get outside the frame? Bill kind of already gave his, you know, kind of tipped his uh, hat a little bit on what he thinks. But I'm going to go to Mike on this one. Mike, how, if you're working the line of scrimmage here, and that is your key at the point of attack. You're going to pick up on that block, and you see that that grab. How much do you how much do you want to see? Um, you know, honestly, I don't care that much about the hand position. Um, I'm really more concerned about what you mentioned about the feet being beat and whether um, he has an unathletic loss of a step. So in this case, it it. You know, when I watch it at full speed, which I can't see on my screen right now, it doesn't look like he loses a step here. Um, in slow motion, it looks a lot worse. Um, right. I mean, and I, that's I why. I don't think I would get it. No, I don't think I'd throw on this one. And that's why it's important. Like slow-mo, like we talk about catch-no-catch, no catch, always looks like a catch in slow-mo. A lot of times a, a grab looks more restrictive in slow-mo than it actually is in real time. Robert, what do you think on this one if you were working the line of scrimmage? This is easy. You know, the, the defender did not lose anything. Did the uh, offensive blocker, that little halfback, come over and try to hold him? Absolutely. He tried, and he didn't do a good job because the defender was still able to pursue. The defender went into the blocker just as much as the blocker went into the defender. And uh, nothing, not, no advantage, no disadvantage here. Okay. And uh, I want to go to Bill real quick. Philosophy on holding, Bill. You know, we talk about slow-mo, real-time, that, you know, how, how it looks. We want to see a clear, you know, grab and restrict, a, a clear outside the frame, not just a little tug, especially if they let go. Not unless you want to have 25, 30 holding calls a game. Because when you call something like this, you've just drawn the line in the sand. And for consistency purposes, now you're going to call every one of these. So it's got to have an effect. If it doesn't have an effect that you can visually see, that you that's your proof of evidence then leave it alone so pretty i'm gonna throw real real quick back over to robert robert what's uh what's the feedback here right now is there any 
They're in agreement with Bill. They listen <laughs> to Bill as the experts and uh, no disputing. All right, well, there we go. So fair enough. All right, so now let's go back wide on it. So now we're going to move on to our next one. So if you're a line judge here and now you see this release, okay, this is no longer an issue, all right? You're going to move on because you've decided that this, this contact now is not illegal. Or maybe you have decided it's illegal and you're throwing your flag. But we still have to continue to officiate. Now, I'm hoping that our umpire is concentrating on this block right here because what else? That's the only point of, you know, that's the only engagement that's going on that has a potential to be a point of attack foul. So I'm hoping that our umpire is picking up on that because we know that our referee is going to be looking at backside and so is our head linesman. They're covering this backside action. So I'm hoping that's, that's where the referee is going. Or I'm sorry, I'm hoping that's where the umpire is going to catch this contact. Going back, one thing I just do want to point out real quick. I want you to watch, watch the quarterback and, and then watch the, the defensive end of the top of the screen. I want you to watch this player right here and, and focus in on him. If you're a referee, you need to be aware of this. Okay, now that guy just turns and runs. But sometimes they're taught, if, they're, if the quarterback is doing a fake, to take out the quarterback. Okay, this guy didn't. But you need to have eyes on that. Somebody has to have eyes on that in case that guy gets piled drive to the ground. We can't ball hawk. We can't watch the ball. We have other things to concentrate on. So that's something to be aware of. Don't, uh, obviously nothing happened here, but I wanted to point that out. So now we're going to move on to our next we're going to move on to our next potential block. It's right up here. So like I said, our line judge should be moving off of this because there's nothing going on. He doesn't have to watch a, a defender pursue a ball carrier. He hopefully is moving to this block. But also, hopefully we're getting help across the top from a back judge. Or if by chance we've got seven, hopefully our side judge, if, there's, if we've got a side judge or a field judge over there, Hopefully they're looking at this because that now is a second level block that has now become a point of attack block because the runner has gotten around it. So here it is, and you see it's kind of a chicken fight and then kind of a push into, and then he runs right by it. So watch it again in real time. You can see that, that the play, and then he kind of goes by it. There's, there's a, another potential block that hopefully, like I said, hopefully our line judge is moving on to this block because our back judge is going to have some other things to be watching because there's another block behind this up here, a second level block over there that somebody's got to keep an eye on as well. And that's would fall to our back judge. Now it becomes a point of attack. It was kind of, and then now there is a flag from the side judge here on this, but I'm not going to worry about that at the moment. So now we have those two, those two other blocks that, we need to judge and be able to rule on that engagement. So I'm going to start with Bill on this one. Bill, you see those secondary, that second level blocking becomes point of attack blocking. Mechanics are key here that somebody's looking at that, but probably not holds on these. Would you agree? I agree. Uh, we have the potential for grab there, but he ends up with keeping his hands open, gives the guy a shove, and um, he's, he's done with them. So... Uh, no, I do not have a foul for holding. So, Robert, your back judge, when you see these second-level blocks coming your way as a deep official, you're, you're having to change focus and then sometimes look at where, which block is the most important to, to rule on, and you know you've got, you're that second level of coverage. 
Yes, the primary focus is the, the blocks ahead of the runner. And uh, it's not jumping out at you as you got to get it. So uh, when, you, when you pause and, and read it and, you're, and you process it, you keep officiating and moving on to the next block because it's not enough for you to uh, be throwing out your yellow flag. So those are, like I said, those are the potential blocks on that. And we'll go back to the play. And I, what I want to show on the play now is you'll, you see a flag come in. You see a flag come in from a side judge. And I'm assuming they were ruling on that second level block that we were discussing, the one where it would fall. Let me if I can get there. This block that's up here, you'll see it come in a frame here in a second. I think that's the block that the side judge threw on because he saw the arm pull a little bit. But once again, he let go. I, because I really can't find, I can't find it. You know, I cannot find what else the side judge would have thrown. And then there, there was a, a point, like I said, in one of the, uh, in one of the comments about the flag, because if you go back to, if that's what they were calling, if they were calling that block because I don't think they're calling anything else. If they're calling that block, where's the hold? So they're probably saying the hold is occurring somewhere in this location. We need, if that is indeed a hold or the next one, you know, we're got, we got to know where that is. It looks like the flag ends up right here, but the hold was right there. That, well, the, the one that they're calling, we're not saying it's a hold, but that's the one they called. So you got to remember from a penalty enforcement standpoint, that's important. So does the official come in? We'll watch this. Does the official come in and correct his flag? He picks it up and he moves it back probably a little bit further than he needed to. But you know what? I'll give him credit for correcting his flag because he did identify that he did not have the correct spot, even though maybe the move of the flag wasn't the correct spot either. So uh, Stan, I'm going to go to you on this one. Correcting the flag you know, getting that spot, how critical is it in a holding if you're going to have a holding foul, if you're calling this a holding? Like I said, we're not saying necessarily it is, but they rule the holding here. How important is it to get that spot? Oh, it's extremely important because it's a running play. So enforcement is key. Is it, is if it's beyond the, uh, if the foul's beyond the runner, uh, where the runner was the end, where the end of the run was, or if it's behind the runner, uh, we got to use the uh, you know all but one and and penalize correctly and enforce it correctly. So I'm with you. I I, I tell my officials in my pregame to make sure before they come to me to adjust their flag if they need to have it adjusted, and then come to me to report the foul. Uh, and I wind up having to do the same thing uh, many times because um, I'll I'll have to adjust mine and a holding I've got maybe in the backfield or something like that. So, but the where the foul occurred and where was the ball or where uh, when it occurred is, is uh, something I want to know as a referee. So that's great. And mm -hmm. the other thing that we're going to do on these type of plays is we are going to walk through the penalty enforcement because I think sometimes <clears throat> we take penalty for enforcement for granted. And we had a play of the week where there was some crazy penalty enforcements a, uh, a couple months ago. It was play of the month. So committed here at MIB 10 line on our uh, plays that we're going to try – it doesn't matter what we're talking about at the end. If there's a foul, we're going to walk, we're going to walk through the penalty enforcement. Now, once again, I want to be very clear. As a group, we've all kind of decided we don't necessarily want to call this holding, but it was called on the field, so now we have to enforce it. So let's go to the play, and we're going to look at the enforcement options here. It's a whole, like, like, uh, like uh, Stan said, this is a running play, a simple running play. Our end of the run, we need to know where the end of the run is. The end of the run is the 34-yard line. If you look at our flag right now, our flag is at 
the 33-yard line of B. So that means we're going in. If the flag placement stayed exactly where it is, let's say the official did not move the flag, Robert, we're going off of this graphic. The flag's at the 33, the run ends at the 34. What's, what's the enforcement here? Right, when you're talking about a, a holding foul where the run is behind uh, the, the spot of the foul, then that's an enforcement of a 10-yard penalty from the 34, so you're going back to the 44 and uh, replaying the down upon the acceptance by the defense. Okay, so I want you to remember 44, 44, okay? Remember the mm -hmm. 44. So now we're going we're gonna to play this further on, and we're going to see now the, the official is going to adjust his flag all right, so now the, the new spot looks to be about the 40, we'll say the 42, maybe the, well, I'm no, sorry, the 38. The 38. 38. And now, remember, our, our out of, we're out of bounds at the 34. So now I've got, I'm going to go to, I'll, I'll go to Stan on this one. Stan, now we're going to, you're the, re, you know, the referee, you've got this information. Where is this, where is this going to be enforced from now? You were talking about it already, so why don't you just finish the thought? Well, now we're going to enforce it uh, because the foul occurred behind the run. Uh, we're going to penalize it, uh, even make it tougher, and we're going to enforce it from the spot of the foul. From the spot of the foul. Okay, so I want to go because, yeah, because what, where, what, what hurts them the most, right? The foul is mm -hmm. behind the end, end of the run. We enforce from the spot of the foul. If the foul is in front of the end of the run, we, on a running play, we enforce from the end of the run. And that on an offensive foul. So that's a good, I mean, does, if we had a defensive foul, we can talk about that later. But I want to go back to this shot. Let's go wide. Remember we talked about. So where is our line to gain? Our line to gain is roughly, you know, we're saying it was like the 42 and a half, okay? So 40, 43 and a half. 43 and a half, yeah, 43 and a half. So that was our line to gain. So if we go back to now where this is going to be enforced, because Robert had, you know, we had second down, where this is going to be enforced, if we decided to enforce it from, from here, let's say, you know, let's say we were enforcing it up here, 32, 42. This could be real close to maybe 10 yards. It's close to maybe it being a first down. If we enforce it by this route, like I said, let's say the, you know, we're, we're saying if we enforce it from the flag. This is not how we enforce it, but these are things we have to think about. We have to think about what's the result of the play and after the enforcement, are we replaying it down or does the result of the play uh, give us a first down? It doesn't in this one. In this one, the, the walk-off from, e from either the end of the run or from where the, the spot of the foul actually is would have given us a replay of second down. But if we've gotten beyond the line of gain and then we walk it back and we're still beyond the line of gain, Robert, what do we got? If you're walk – I'm sorry, I was responding oh, to a text okay. message. Go ahead. I said, I said if we if – we, if we walk off the foul, and after we're done with the foul, we pass the line to gain, do we replay the down? Well, you have a first down. If, first if you walk down. off the penalty and you're still beyond the line to gain, we're first down. Right. Now, it seems pretty basic. Like I said, this seems pretty basic. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to you know, uh, insult anybody's intelligence, but we, we, have to, we forget about penalty enforcement. And sometimes something this easy, we can screw up if we, if we hurry through this and we don't take our time. So that's just, I want every time we're going to walk through penalty force, even if it's real simple, we're going to, we're going to throw a couple other scenarios at you so you can think about it. But this one's real. It's a running play. 
when he, when he adjusted the flag, this is a spot of the foul enforcement because the spot of the foul is behind the end of the run. That's simple, and we're going to move on. So that's the end of that play for, for this week. So uh, let me uh, get up the... Uh, Let's go to our, let's go to this one right here. We're going to go to our, back to our PowerPoint real quick. Um, so now it's our rule spotlight of the week. And I, we talked a little bit about this. It's not necessarily going to be video. It might be sometimes, but I want to talk about length of halftime. So the length of halftime is a minimum of 10 minutes by rule. Okay. Mandatory three minute warm up. Now, they put in a rule change this year, new rule, uh, it's unless it's a new a weather exception, if it's a 30-minute delay in the first half, you can have a minimum of one-minute halftime if agreed upon. Okay? So, pretty straightforward. But one of, the, one of the things I want to talk about, and this is very common on lower-level games. We all do lower-level games. This is very common on that. Oh, by the way, you have to still have the three-minute warm-up. Uh, even if you do this one minute halftime, it's a, a lower level halftime. How about the seven and three? Have we heard the seven and three? Hey coach, let's go seven and three. Let's do this. Robert, have you heard that when you've worked like, like maybe some junior high or seven and three halftime? Is that what, have you heard that before? I have heard that. Yes, I okay, have. Okay. You've heard that. All right. Seven and three. Um, Bill, I know it's been a long time since you've worked some, some lower level stuff. I know you're, you were going to maybe do it this year, but if, uh, if you're working a, a, a freshman game and now the half, you know, end of the second quarter and the coach comes up to you and both coaches say, hey, we want to go seven and then three to war for the warm-up, or, or, or is that, we can do that, right? Well, I would hope so because obviously at the lower levels, there's no concession stand to get a hot dog or a pop or anything. So, you know, you got to, might as well just get it going, right? Right. So I, seven, I've done that. Good. I've totally done that. Seven and three. Yeah, let's do it. Let's keep going. Most coaches want to agree. But I'm going to pull in our lawyer of the group. Well, he's not really our lawyer, but he kind of can be sometimes. Mike Billica. Mike, <laughs> the high school rule says that the minimum halftime can be 10 mm -hmm. minutes, period, and a mandatory three-minute warm-up. Are you comfortable mm -hmm. with the seven and three option? At the youth level, at the junior varsity level, absolutely. We'll take five and three. Um, you know, we'll take maybe even a little shorter if we need to, especially if we've got three back-to-back. -back. You know, we got an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, all back-to-back. -back. Yeah, if they want to come back out in five minutes and kick off, we'll do it. Absolutely. So, so <laughs> the point is, is we all do it, okay? I'm not saying to Go not to do it. it, but just be aware <laughs> the rules don't – it's not in the rules. You know, you're, you're, it says a 10-minute minimum. The minimum halftime can be 10 minutes, and a three-minute warm-up is mandatory, unless the weather thing that they put in this year. So just know that, okay? It's, I'm not advocating any of that. And you know what? We're going to open up the call-in lines here in a little bit, and maybe people might want to call in and, and, and say, you know, that you, you, does, that doesn't matter. You know, it's just we should do seven and three. But pointing out the rule... 10-minute halftime minimum. That's what it says. So just know it. I don't care what you do. Just know it. I see Robert laughing over there. Robert, what do you got? Well, you just said that we were going to open up the phone line. So I was uh, actually reading. A viewer was wondering on the previous play with that uh, holding call that seemed pretty weak, if a crewmate could come in and tell him to pick it up or actually go straight to the referee and said, I saw the same block. And 
they're not gonna let we're not gonna like this on video how will the referee handle that situation well i'll go to our resident uh national championship referee even though he doesn't like any of those to be holdings and, uh, and he talks about chinks in the armor and all that stuff but you've got when you've got those that crew discussion bill and and they're saying no nah, i didn't see it that way but the side judge still wants to go with it how do you work through that well, it's, I set the ground rule before the season starts on this. And, um, you know, I want people to step up. I want people to question. So you come in, you've got a holding call. Uh, another official who's covering the same area comes in and says, no, it's not. I'm going to listen to the official that threw the flag. And I'm listening for key words. Like, I think I thought maybe. Because those are what I call the chinks in the armor. And now the official who's saying we should pick it up, he's very emphatic. It, it, he's south on what it is. So my conversation to the official who threw the flag is, uh, your partner here is is take us. Um, we need to pick this thing up and move on with life. So, but don't come in. Don't come in to take a guy off a flag and have maybe could be what if you know, uh, but. I, I want it done based on, uh, first, I'll listen to whoever had the flag. Uh, then I want to hear from the person who wants it reversed. And uh, and then I'll, I'll try and, you know, I probably haven't seen the call, so I, I, I'm doing this based on, on how I'm reading people. So, you know, um, but again, if you, you got to be the first one to recognize. If you said, I think I, I thought maybe the play. Don't be stubborn. Stubborn's your enemy. Your partner's trying to help you. He's trying to take responsibility. Hey, let him take you off the hook. Pick it up. Wave it off. All right. So pretty simple. I think that's a great expl a great explanation and a great way to handle it. So hopefully, Robert, were there any other other questions in the chat before we? No. Let's move on. Let's open up the phone. All right. Lines. We're gonna open up here. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have uh, Alex before we get to the play of the week for. For this week, I'm going to have Alex put the phone number up. Now, it's really, really, really important. I think we got it all figured out this week. But it's like the, when you were calling on the sports radio show where they say, please turn your radio down. Well, when you call in, you're going to hear the show. You're going to hear the, the, what's going on. So you can kind of watch and just listen on the phone or whatever. But you got to turn down your computer. you got to turn down whatever it is that's coming back at you with us. You, you need to listen on the phone. Otherwise, we're going to get the weird feedback stuff, and it's going to be crazy. You're not going to be able to hear us. So I think, like I said, we got it all, we got it all figured out this time. So, but let's go, let's go to play of the week first let's, for this week. So, so now it's time for our MIB 10 line play of the week for this week, August 19th. So going to the play, we'll go wide on it. You're going to, and then we'll take, we'll take the number down just for, for now. Um, this one is, is, is a pretty, pretty straightforward one. So we're going to play it, and you're going to see there's an offensive formation. They only have 10. The referee and the umpire are signaling there's only 10 in the game. There's only 10. So now we have to kind of figure out what to do. You see the guy coming in from the sideline, and now there's a flag dropped, and then the headlinesman signals it. We've got a timeout. So that's, that is what is, was done. So you saw the flag. You saw the timeout. I'll play it one more time just to kind of go through it. You're going to see, once again, that the, they only have 10 in the game. They're trying to get that 11th player on. 
The 11th player doesn't look like he got inside the numbers. There's a flag, and then a kill, and then a timeout. So, play of the week. Here's the question for this week. Can a dead ball, or can a dead ball foul be charged, or be changed, I'm sorry, can a dead ball foul be changed to a charged timeout? So your answer is yes, no, or maybe. I'll give you a maybe. So can this dead ball foul be changed to a char charged timeout? Yes, no, maybe. There it is. Officially speak, you can email me. It will be up tomorrow at 8 a.m. hopefully. You can, you can get in on this and you can, uh, the poll will be up. The, uh, you can email me. The video will be up on YouTube, 8 a.m. tomorrow. There's your question. Yes, no, maybe. Can you change this file? So, phone lines are open. 402-256-MIBT. Let's, uh, let's, let's see how we do today. This is going to be... Uh, this is going to be fun. All right. Hopefully we got some. We don't have anybody. We don't have anybody in. Nobody called. So I don't see anybody in our, in our, phone, in our phone lines here. Uh, make sure we're still connected. Yep, we're still connected. So nobody's calling. Let's throw the phone numbers up again. 402-256-MIBT. I know we tried last week. It didn't work. But they're, uh, they're up and running. Ask us any questions. Um, but you know what, before we get that, we'll let some people get in. I want to go to another play. We're going to go wide on this. This was a question. This was kind of an, a bonus play. And, and I want Bill Lemagne to, to talk about this one. So, so Bill, this is a college play. So for all the people who say, well, we're not doing college stuff, we're just doing this as kind of an extra one. This is kind of a fun one. So, Bill, we're going to look at this play. You see, let's go to the formation. You've got, um, you've got a receiver here. That's a receiver on the line, one you got a receiver in the slot, too. You've got uh, a quarterback and, and a running back. That's three, two and three. And then you've got a couple of receivers in no man's land, we'll call it. A tackle who might be a little too far back. But we've got, you know, so we've got this inside receiver. We've got this outside receiver. So now we're going to let it play out. And you can see that the outside receiver is the one who catches who catches the ball. And our headlinesman has a flag on the play. And you're going you're gonna to see it roll through here. There's a flag. And you're going to see the discussion with the, with the referee. Once again, you see the outside receiver catches the ball. And now illegal touching is called against the offense because the receiver was covered. So, Bill, do you think this was just a misapplication of breakdown I mean how can that outside receiver be covered and be charged with illegal touching for being covered yeah I think probably what happened you know without having the official here to just to tell you what was in his mind I think he was putting both guys on the line and he, with the other other player he probably just felt he had uh, a covered receiver uh, and he just didn't pick up that it wasn't the covered receiver who touched the ball so uh, the best thing you can do with this play to begin with is try and put that outside man off the line, and now you've got them both eligible. But uh, that's your call, your judgment to make if, if you're going to do that or not. But my, my assumption is, is that he, he mixed up his inside and outside receiver. So we got the phones working. Nobody wants to call in. Everybody's scared. Nobody wants, everybody's scared yeah, I mean, of us. I, I just tried a minute ago, and nobody answered Nobody answered. 
It should have gone right. It should have gone right in the queue. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it again. Hey, I got it right here. Recent calls. <laughs> two five six MIBT. I'm showing it up. Four zero two two five six MIBT. Four or six four two eight. Six four two eight. Let's see. Oh, now I got calls. I got Bill. I got you. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to answer you, Bill. But I'll answer. Uh, I'll answer. So remember, if you hear a beep, you're on the air. So uh, here we go. Let's talk. All right. Uh, let's see. You're on the air. Nine zero seven area code. Hi, Tim. This is uh, Brian Hoskin from Alaska. And, oh, uh, hey, Brian. How are you doing that, today? Uh, huh? that I noticed. I'm doing. I'm doing well, sir. So, what do you got for us today, Brian? I'm having a little trouble hearing you. Well, one of the questions I had, well, it's not really a question, but it's more of a comment along the lines of how important it is as a crew that everyone is an expert in uh, penalty enforcement. Oftentimes, it seems that our, maybe our wings or some of our uh, other crew members rely on either the umpire or the referee to place the ball and, and enforce the penalty, where as now with the new rule where coaches generally are probably going to be the ones who are making the decision as to the accepting or declination of a foul, um, they need to be more even aware of those penalty enforcement so they can turn to that coach and ask him, hey, coach, do you want to accept or decline the, the, the foul here? Brian, I think that's a great point, and we, we've talked about this a lot, that everybody on the crew needs to know penalty enforcement, not necessarily just the referee, because like you said, we have to have that communication going back and forth so that way a head coach can make a decision with, with knowledge and not just a guess or the incorrect enforcement and then make a decision that might not be the one that they want if we're giving them that false information. Bill, for many years, how, did you, I'm sure you empowered your crew that you wanted your entire crew to be up on that penalty enforcement and not necessarily rely just on you because of, of that communication level. Yeah, uh, Dave Perry, who was our supervisor for years, I mean, he stressed it best that if we have a if we have a misapplication of a penalty enforcement, everybody on the crew is getting a downgrade. And is it just going to be the referee or the person who threw the flag? Uh, everybody, you know, don't go through the motions of saying I paid attention. You know, uh, how many times really out in the field when somebody throws a flag from the other side of the field? We don't even pay, we don't even pay attention to what's happening. We just assume they did it right, and most of the time they do it right. But now, when you've got a mistake, you're saying, "Why did that happen now?" It's because you got complacent with it. So everybody needs to get involved. And if you have a mistake, then it's a crew mistake. It's not just an individual. So Brian, Brian, did I answer your question? Uh, it, it did. It was more of a statement, but, uh, you know, absolutely. I think it is a, a crew mistake when uh, we don't enforce a penalty correctly. And, and I want to encourage even those newer officials to ask a question. If something doesn't seem right, I, I want them to all feel comfortable enough to, to at least ask. So thank you. No, I appreciate appreciate the call, Brian. Uh, call call anytime. We'll catch you next week. we got an, uh, another caller uh, coming on in, we got. Let's see, let's bring him in. You're here, beep. The uh, looks like the eight six zero area code. Go ahead. Call from the eight six zero area code. Let's see. You're uh, you're on the uh, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hang on. Let me try this again. 
There you go. You should hear the beep now. 860. Right. You're on. Who are we talking to? Yes, I can hear you. So I wanted to talk about crews from different areas. Um, I think we all need to be on the same page when it comes to officiating the referee box and officiating the same way. Because there are a lot of crews that don't officiate the referee box the same way. And then we have crews that uh, lack the daisy on things and we should all be on the one page. If I'm correct, it's all the same rules. So I would love to see that officiated the same way across the board. Okay, I'm, who am I talking Just what's your name? I just so I can address you appropriately. Who is this? Daniel. Okay, hi, hi. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. So I'm going to throw this question to Stan. Stan, you know, the question being like, okay, so now we've got somebody who's going to enforce that team box, you know, with the iron fist and then flag the coach for just taking one step out of it, one little, and then you've got the other the official comes in next week and is just like lets them roam all over the place. And, you know, being consistent, how do we go about, how do we go about doing that and uh, being consistent as a crew and as a, as a, a state or as an association in, in making those calls? Well, you I know, it, that, it's easy. Um, to... Go ahead, Stan. Okay. It's easy to say it. It's easy to have it written down in our, in our policy, protocols and mechanics manuals, but the implementation is, is uh, the, the challenging part. What, uh, what we do in our association is, uh, as referees, we will sort of recap our games. Um, we'll, we'll let other referees know how um, the certain personality traits or behaviors of, of coaches or assistants uh, or even um, players that we recognize like to carry bricks around with them. And so that we can uh, be prepared uh, as we go into the next game. Uh, if we have them, but we also want to uh, agree. We have to stress that uh, we've got to stay, we've got to keep it professional, but we have to keep it um, where we manage the game and to not let, uh, we can't be lackadaisical or we can't have somebody be too giving or the worst too um, technical, so to speak. And that's where the fine line is. And that's where your personalities come into play. And, uh, it, it's not going to be a perfect world or a perfect scenario, but we, we do try to prepare um, each each of our referees after every every game, so they can then in turn talk about them with their crew. Okay, well, D Daniel, did we answer your question? So, yes, very very good. I have one more thing, if you don't mind. No, I don't mind. Um, Go ahead. Let's let's talk about let's talk about. Um, the sidelines when it comes to um, out-of-bound plays and inadvertent whistles, um, the inadvertent whistle kills the play, but yet if, if it's a um, circumstantial play, does the inadvertent whistle still kill the play? And what happens if it's a great play, but the inadvertent whistle is not heard, but only one person heard it? Well, Daniel, that's a great call. We pre we are a great question. We appreciate you you, you calling today. Inadvertent whistle is inadvertent whistle, and if, if anybody hears it, one whistle should should be a lot of whistles. That's what we need. If you hear a whistle, the play's dead. And and one of those saying, well, it was so soft, we could kind of let it go. In other codes, you know, if the whistle blows, sometimes there can be continuating action. 
continuation, continue, yeah, continuation action with that. It's not in the high school code. If we've got an inadvertent whistle, it doesn't matter how good the play, play is. And I'm sure, Robert, we hate to talk about inadvertent whistles, but when they happen, they happen, and it's dead. And we just gotta get, we just got to follow the protocols. We've got to follow the rules, right? Yeah, I mean, to that point, Tim, discussing inadvertent whistles makes me shake a little bit. But, you know, the <laughs> offense or the team in possession of the football has options. Uh, unless there's a flag down, that flag will trump the inadvertent whistle. So if you do have a love your flag, this is the time to kiss it because that'll save the day. If there's not a flag down, then the uh, team in possession has two options, and that's one, replay the down, or two, uh, the result of the play where the whistle was blown and the ball had forward progress. All right. Well, hey, the, the, the call-in line, it worked. It worked. How about it? So we're going we're gonna to end it because we've been here an hour. But if, you, if we didn't get your call, catch us next week. We'll open up the phone lines again. It actually worked. Alex, it worked. Can you believe it? I know it's, it's nuts. We worked, I'm working hours on this and it actually works. So, uh, and it just dropped now. How about it? That's the perfect time for it to drop. Lose the internet. Crazy. All right. I want to thank everybody who, uh, who watched. Let's go around the panel real quick. I want to thank everybody in the panel. I want to thank, uh, uh, Stan, Stan, be safe, my friend, with your electronic whistle. Uh, good luck this week. And then we're going to, we're going to check in and see how football was in the COVID era. We'll check in with you next week. All right, thank you. And by the way, uh, I take the philosophy in lower-level games. My half times are ten minutes plus a three-minute warm-up. Thank you. Well, there you go. And I don't. You're you're supported a hundred percent. Good for you, <laughs> Mike Billica. Thanks for being here. We'll we'll look for an update from you as well. Maybe you'll have some information. I certainly hope so. Um, you know, I definitely would rather be out there than not out there, but not if it compromises safety. I agree. I love 100%. to be on my BT, though. Yeah, I love it. And from the Tenley Park ESPN studios, Bill Lamagne, <laughs> thank you for being here. Well, it's always a pleasure to be here, and it'll be interesting to see what transpires in the in the next few weeks here. So, Absolutely. We'll see if the kickoff for the Navy-BYU game works out on Yeah, play go Navy. Woohoo! Robert Yabara over here. Robert, any last-minute things in the chat or anything? No, thank you, viewers, and I hope you comment on that play of the week because uh, I, we want a lot, of, a lot of comments, a lot of votes coming in. It could be a great discussion next Wednesday night. Thank you for joining us. All right, Alex over there. Hopefully he's doing well. Thanks, for Alex, for everything that he did. Thanks. And thank you, everyone, for waiting for that chat box. <laughs> there you go. And, and thank does, you for everyone who called. It's uh, great to see the phone I know, work. exactly. We appreciate it. I'm Tim Kiefer from MIBTonline.com. We'll be right back here next week, 7 p.m. Central Time, talking football. Until then, we'll catch you later. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the MIBTonline.com podcast. Join today at MIBTonline.com. We'll catch you next time.